0: Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for On The Money. Presented by Embassy National Bank. Now, here's your host, Joe Moss.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of On The Money, the number one small business podcast on Business Radio X. I like saying that, Mike. The show is sponsored by Embassy National Bank, and we like to discuss topics that will help the small business be a lot more successful. Uh we do this because embassy is very proud of how we help small business i am your host joe moss and president of embassy national bank and we come to you live from the global broadcast studios of subaru of gwinnett it's an incredible facility so um, today we are going to talk about something that's Boy, it's complicated. Um, probably going to get worse too. But we're going to talk about the Affordable Care Act and the impact on uh, premiums, your medical protection. Um, and today we've got uh, a return uh, show with Mr. Keith Nabb, who is president and owner of Affordable Affordable Medicare Solutions. So, Keith, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me today, Joe. And um. Talk about your particular agency and how it's different. Well, we are exceptionally different
0: because we do have myself and 11 employees, and we have an education focus. A lot of agents out there are worried about enrolling people into each health care plan or Medicare plan and the different uh, services there. We're actually driven by teaching. I actually teach classes, about uh, 60 classes a year to all different types of people on health care reform and Medicare reform and uh, continuing education credits and whatnot. So we're, we're education-focused. And then, of course, people then in, uh, come to us for their enrollments.
1: Um, and, we're you know, our show is about small business, but there's a lot of stuff coming down that uh, is directly and indirectly is going to affect the small business owner. And I've heard bits and pieces of it. Our, uh, most, most of our board um, are small business owners, and they're being affected by it. Um, so now when you walked in the door, let's, you mentioned it's Medicare season. That's why I'm late. Well, you were just a little bit late. But, <laughs> but um, it's Medicare season. And
0: what do you mean by that? Well, the government has imposed enrollment periods on both health insurance and Medicare insurance. So if you're on a small group plan, it's different because you can establish your own uh, timeframe for that. But if you're buying individual or family health insurance, it is November 1st to January 31st this year. It changes year by year. But under Medicare, it has remained the same for the last few years where it's October 15th to December 7th. Eventually, under the law, both of those periods are supposed to be identical, but right now they don't match up because of various government problems, but they eventually will be just the October 15th to December 7th for all enrollments, but right now that applies to Medicare. And if you miss an enrollment, you got to wait till next year? Unless you have a special circumstance. Really? Yep. Okay. Such as getting married, moving, having a baby. Maybe there's special reasons. You know, kind like of jur- like jury duty, right? <laughs> you can come up with excuses,
1: yes. Right. <laughs> um it. Well, what's coming down the pike on Medicare? You were talking about, uh, some fairly increased premiums and how they're going to fund that and what the impact that might be on the, on the deficit on the state treasury. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Sure. And also on it impacts
0: business owners uh, themselves because, um, Medicare has some weird rules on premiums. Medicare part A is the hospital portion of Medicare and it is generally free. But the problem is, is Medicare Outpatient Services Part B has a premium, and that premium has been running $104.90 per month per person on average, unless you've had high past income. So a lot of small business owners will exceed the income limits and have to pay a penalty for that premium, but it's assessed two years later. It's a retroactive tax. So I know that sounds confusing, but this generally affects my small business owners. And I'll explain that a little bit further. But for right now, what's going on is that Medicare has to raise that premium for everybody. And they can't raise it for everybody due to some federal rules. So there's a lot of misinformation going on out there. A lot of people very confused. And Medicare's premium from $104.90 is scheduled to go to $159. That is an enormous, biggest jump we've ever seen, 52%. So the person that really can't afford it. But they are protected. So this is where the confusion comes in. If you're already taking Social Security, you're under what is called a safe harbor provision, and they're not allowed to raise your Medicare premium unless they're also giving you a raise on your paycheck, your Social Security check. But a lot of people, especially small business owners that are continuing to work, delay taking their Social Security, and they might delay it till 68 or 69 or something, and so they're not protected by that safe harbor provision. They may be on Medicare, their premium is going to go up because they're not taking social security and there's not a way to
1: avoid that uh, that's an election you have to make when you choose medicare when you when you decide to join medicare that's an election you have to take that's correct if you're not taking social security
0: then you have to elect to take medicare when you're when you turn 65 okay you have
1: to, so to kind of like it. you've got to take both at the same time it sounds like Well, no, you can delay Social Security and start Medicare early. But you'll be affected by all the premium increases. That's correct. And it sounds like that they're going to be the ones, a smaller group of people will be the ones paying for all the premium increase. That's correct, 30%. So that's going to at least happen for a
0: year. Because if in 2017 they do end up giving everybody a Social Security check increase, which this year they're not going to, but if they do a year later, they give everybody a two percent increase or something, then they'll reaverage and everybody will have to pay a higher premium. It may not be one fifty nine; it may be one thirty for everybody. But that's when they'll play catch up. But during this one year where they didn't give a social security increase, it's going to be painful for that small thirty percent of the people that are going to have to pay this.
1: Now, sure. What now? What about um, now? You mentioned before the show the cost of this is estimated to be about six billion. It
0: um, Congress uh, in Congress. Um, speaker pelosi and speaker boehner are negotiating to try to alleviate this problem because we're heading into an election year and no one wants to do this to people before an election year it's a very uh, bad politically especially the seniors and they vote and take their friends with them to vote so they as a as a crowd you don't want to upset at all and there's a lot of demagoguery there's a lot of chain emails sure. and things that go around that, that mislead people but if they can fix it it'll cost six and a half billion dollars to fix this the problem is we're at our debt limit right now and you can't just go spend more money thank goodness so they're going to have to cut elsewhere and that's the negotiation where are we going to cut in order to fund six and a half billion to alleviate this election year problem of a medicare or just raise the debt limit <laughs> yeah though well, that's a that we've been at how many months now right uh 70 months or something or 70 weeks
1: excuse me at the debt limit yeah um that that'll probably now what are seniors doing now about drug coverage because that's another large expenditure it's huge and the
0: drug drug costs have been going up and this is where seniors are upset is that they're not getting a raise on their social security check yet we're seeing inflation in drug costs we're seeing inflation in the medicare premiums and all these things but they're saying that seniors aren't experiencing inflation we know that they are so um medicare drug costs are especially bad for seniors especially if you're in the 20% that hit what is called the donut hole. So to make it simple, everybody that's on Medicare that gets a drug program gets about $3,000 every year to spend on drugs. And if you run out of that money, you fall into a zone called the donut hole or the coverage gap. So my job is to help people avoid that so that they don't ever feel that pain. And uh, we do a lot of reviews this time of year to make sure people aren't going to be surprised next year about their drug costs and move them to the right plans. This is when you can do
1: that, October 15th to December 7th. And you mentioned that at $3,310, you fall into the donut hole and you get out of the donut hole at 4850 it looks like. Those numbers don't quite, what you said is correct, but
0: the way that it works is you get that $3,310 to spend on drugs. Then after that point, there's a different calculation of, an, of another $4,850 that is that, the uh, calculation of the donut hole period. Um, it's, it is complicated. It's the only drug plan in America that is built this way. It's very strange. Um, but it is one reason why it's come in under budget every year for the last 10 years. So if I'm a senior, how am I supposed to explain all that? How am I supposed to understand this? (laughs) Well, you need to find a person that actually will sit and teach you about it. So we actually give classes. We actually have materials we can email that actually explain it so that they're not trying to figure this out. The better thing to do is just not ever hit the donut hole. And the way you do that is to, to review your plans, just like any health insurance or auto insurance, review your plans to make sure you're not overspending or putting yourself in a bad position. Because if you don't do this and you find out in January that you're in a bad position, you can't fix it. December 7th was the cutoff. So you need to fix it now so you don't get ugly surprises in 2016.
1: Um, well, the, you've heard it from the experts. So when the, the discussion starts coming around oh they're trying to take my medicare away (laughs) that's not what they're doing they're just trying to figure out who's going to pay for all the increases i would guess right um and
0: it's scheduled it's a calculation that happens automatically but the problem is is then it gets complicated with these other provisions that say you can't do certain things so the government's in conflict with itself and uh it makes a lot of uh uh problems and we see this all the time in the tax yeah, and
1: no one's trying to take medicare away no. everybody so yeah. it's uh it just complicated and they'll work through it and if you're already taking social security it sounds like you're going to be protected but those of you who are not you expect to be paying another 50 bucks a month i guess for another couple of years at least a year yeah. yeah okay well let's let's leave that on the side um okay and let's talk about where we are with the affordable care act as it relates to the small business owner um, you have a handout here that you handed me five important points on health care reform. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to walk me through this sure. or, or how do you want to address this? Because we need to talk about where it all stands with the small business owner.
0: So it's really important, especially on small business owners. They've been getting some conflicting information on how to handle um, let's say we're under 20 employees and you're trying to deal with health insurance and get it to your employees at the best case possible. So there's a couple of things that are happening and there was a law that changed on July 1st, uh, a rule, an administrative rule that heavily, and I'm going to say it again, heavily penalizes a small business owner if they are paying for employees' private health insurance. If you do not have a group health insurance plan and you are giving your employees here bob two hundred dollars a month to go buy your own health insurance and you're putting that in writing and you're telling him that you are a foul of the law or of this rule and it could be a hundred dollar a day penalty per employee so you have to be very careful that you're doing this correctly if you have a small group plan you're fine but so many small business owners over these last two years have switched from doing small group insurance and instead are encouraging their people to buy individual policies which is great you just have to be careful that you're not you're not directly paying
1: for that, and you're not um, giving well, wait them. Wait a minute! I thought that was the intent was to try to help the small business owner to deflect these people over into um, the, the various exchanges. Yes. And the problem is, is that all the
0: large group of insurance insurers got in a huge panic that they were going to bleed off all of their group clients onto individual policies. We started seeing that happen. So an administrator decided to put a rule in to try to stem this tide. There's actually talking Congress and the National Federation of Independent Businesses lobbying to get rid of this new $100 a
1: day penalty. So. As a small business owner, and the cut is 20 employees or less, or is it 50? It's 50. 50, yeah. All right, so if you're 50 or less, and you've been directing people to go to the exchange and I'll pay it for you because that's kind of what everybody wanted to do, You can now you need to shift back and say, maybe I need to offer a group
0: policy. No, so let me tell you the way to do it. It's okay to do it to, to encourage your employees to go get insurance through the exchange, and I'll explain why, but you just can't identify money that you're giving them As that money has to be spent on that health insurance. For example, if you just give everybody a $200 a month raise and just say, Congratulations, you got a $200 a month raise. I'm not providing you with insurance. Hey, there's a great avenue to go get insurance through the exchange. That's okay. And you're on your own to do that. And you're on your own. That's okay. But if you give them on their paycheck and it says, This is your health reimbursement, that's illegal. If you pay it directly for them, don't even give it to them, just pay it to the insurance company on their behalf. That's illegal
1: too, right now so that all changed july 1 that's a big deal that seems to me completely in reverse of what they were trying to accomplish with the small business owner but that's Uh, my own
0: opinion well but to see the other problem is is that people that are on group insurance let me explain how these subsidies work if you're on a group insurance plan and you're paying for your employee to have free insurance okay doing a great job as a business owner saying i'm going to take care of you and i'm gonna give you free. Coverage. I'm going to get a group coverage and I'm going to give the employee free coverage and I'm going to pay your premium, but I'm not going to pay for the spouse and the children. Right now spouse and children cost seven, $800 a month to be on this plan. And the employee's like, shoot, I don't want to pay that. I'm going to go to the exchange, the healthcare.gov, and I'm going to buy my spouse and child a low cost plan and get a subsidy. You can't do that. If you have access to group insurance, The dependents, if they have access. You cannot
1: go to the exchange.
0: Whether or not they participate in the group plan or not, they can't go get a subsidy unless in a very specific circumstance. But in ninety nine point nine percent of the time, they cannot do that. Okay, but then there's a penalty if they don't get insurance. That's correct. That's called the family glitch in the law. And it is very strange, and that's where a huge number of people are getting these subsidies charged back to them at tax time, and it's causing
1: a lot of angst and pain, financial pain. All right, well, uh, you're listening to On the Money, and we're getting into the Affordable Care Act with Mr. Keith Nabb. This is Joe Moss, a show brought to you by Embassy National Bank. So, um, all right, let's go 50 and under, then... It sounds to me like the best thing to do is say, I'm going to give you a raise, go take care of yourself. Oftentimes that
0: is awesome, especially for lower-income employees, because then they can go get all these rich subsidies and tax credits. And so oftentimes offering group insurance prevents the employee from getting his family or her family a low-cost insurance. But the problem
1: that we had was that people were being given money and they opted not to go
0: get insurance (laughs) with it. Yeah, we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. So,
1: But those people would still be uh up to a uh some type of a penalty at tax time if they don't have insurance that is correct has that penalty gone up yes it has okay so what is that penalty two percent two percent of income okay so that's more than what it was it used to be like 300 bucks well
0: no no it started at a certain level it was one it was one percent minimum was on a family was 295 but now it's two percent
1: so if you're making fifty thousand dollars it's a thousand dollar penalty so now we're into the zone where you can't just sit back and take the penalty you gotta go do something Uh, take the 200 (laughs) bucks and go buy the policies right
0: if if the employees don't go buy themselves insurance then yes they're shooting themselves in the foot
1: yeah all right well let me let me let's talk about the policy itself is there a one is there still a one-size-fit-all policy No,
0: there's a lot of choice um, on and off the exchange. So let me make sure that everybody understands the definition. If you do not need these tax credits, definitely stay away from healthcare.gov. Don't go there. If you don't need them, don't go there because it creates a huge amount of bureaucracy in your life that you won't realize till afterwards. If you do need a subsidy to drive down the cost of your insurance or your family's insurance, then we we go with our clients to the healthcare.gov. We get them qualified on those subsidies. And then there's a large number of plans they can choose from, but there's a huge quality difference between the plans. And so they're not all built the same. They all have the same essential benefits, but one might have a teeny tiny doctor network. One might have a national network. One might have really good drug plan uh formulary for a list of drugs and the other one might have a terrible formulary list of drugs there's a and, lot of quality differences and you got to really read through the detail or or deal with a professional that doesn't charge you to do this we don't charge our clients to do this we handle all this for them
1: and and um but for example if you're a, a fam uh if you're an older couple uh don't have kids at home is there a policy that doesn't cover certain things or all, all the coverages are the same, right? Yep. You're 55 years old. You're going to get maternity coverage whether you want it or not. Okay. Okay. So that's still the same. Yep. Essential benefits. They're all. Is there any discussion there. about changing that? I and mean, they're sure. letting you pick all these other things. Why not that? that?
0: Because they were trying to create a pooling effect and uh, they, there are talk. Rep, uh, representative tom price and other ones have talked about doing other options like that
1: but as far as in the law itself there is no talk about that okay okay all right let's go to the 50 and uh i guess the 51 and over employee uh, 51 to 100 is that the next break Mm-hmm. what's going on with them so there's been
0: some changes recently in the um definitions on those um um Plan types of of what's considered small group has has been changing, so uh, it would be a lot to go over some of that. We have all that information. If someone has fifty one to hundred or hundred over, then we can definitely give them the information on that. But there is there are penalties um, that can accumulate uh, in two different ways. One, if you don't provide insurance, you can have a huge penalty per employee. If you provide insurance and it's not affordable, if it ex- if the employee's cost is more than eight and a half percent of their income then you can also, they can leave your plan and go get these subsidies, and you would get a huge, uh, about a $3,000 per employee per year penalty for the ones that do that. So there's an incentive to make your employee costs very affordable and to also provide insurance. Can you do that through reimbursement? Not
1: to buy individual insurance? No. For the employee, uh, let's say that I, their policy that I'm providing them, their cost is more than 8% of their compensation um their portion their portion can i can i change their portion so it fits under it's just going to cost me more money that's right that's exactly what you need to do okay
0: so you need to definitely look at your employee salaries and make sure you don't have anyone that falls within that target make sure that you definitely keep your uh employee costs under eight and a half percent of their uh okay
1: okay now before let me stop because i should have stopped you before but when you said a company that doesn't need the tax subsidies um explain that to us okay i was talking about an employee uh, an individual not right. needing the tax subsidies okay okay and okay. Individ- not the company right, right. so
0: the companies had a separate program called a shop exchange where that you can go through the healthcare.gov for small businesses it's extraordinarily difficult extraordinarily painful it's bureaucratic heart it has been an enormous failure Hardly anybody has done that. I have one client that has done that, and even th- they they wish they hadn't done it. It was designed by the government as a way for small businesses to be able to access tax credits, to be able to, to get the business to get tax credits for providing insurance to the employees, and it has
1: been a miserable failure. Okay. Okay, so we did the 51 to 100, now 100, 101 employees and over um they have to provide insurance they know. have to provide it. And now, are there going. limits on the amount it can cost the employee or uh anything like it is on the eight that, percent that? the same rules apply. okay okay same rules so apply. what's the difference between 51 to 100 and a 101 and above I want to
0: make sure that i state this correctly so at the 50 51 and above uh is where you have to start providing these the coverages okay okay the definitions of small group has changed uh, or uh, was delayed on some changes for the definitions of what that is but for the tax penalties they start at the 50
1: employees okay um the requirements the requirements to yeah. provide the okay. insurance okay so um the 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 group policies that are being offered for uh the small business now they have to go buy it and have to provide it is that a one-size-fits-all policy is there any way to adjust the cost of that uh, lots of ways there's okay. lots of creativity going on and do i have to charge the employee for that or can i reimburse the employee for that no you would you would the the ideal situation is to pay
0: 100 um, percent of the employee's cost or to make sure you stay within less than charging them less than eight and a half percent of their income
1: okay so let's say i do that and but i still making them pay for their wife and their children or you, it's your option and um i could ahead and pay that for them You could, sure. but if but i don't have to you're not required but as the individual says okay i you're expensive i got to go over here and do something so uh they can go buy that coverage from the exchange they can but they cannot
0: use tax credits okay because if you have access I got to it. group insurance, I got you, you can't are disallowed use the from getting tax credits unless you fall into that circumstance where the
1: employee's cost was more than 8.5% of their income. Okay. And then I can elect not to insure my wife and children, but then I'm up to against the penalty, right? <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's, that's a correct. big penalty. That's correct. Okay. Um, well, So the only way to handle all this stuff is to give you a call, it sounds like give us a call. There's oftentimes very
0: simple solutions. It sounds complicated, but you have to look at the subset that you fall within. If you say, look, I'm 10 employees, these are the goals that I'm trying to do. I've got high income earners, or I've got low income earners. We can quickly then figure out which would be the right target for you, because this discussion we're having can go all over the place. But the discussion for that employer might be very, very direct and 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 solved very quickly because we look
1: at their specific circumstance. All right. So if if uh, in the over a hundred employees, um, and I'm only paid for the employees policy Mm -hmm. and i'm and um uh there's still going to be a situation where they got to go find affordable insurance for their their family Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are going into affordable care correct that's right well that's where you 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 have
0: to all policies now are affordable care act policies the option is whether or not you pay full price or seek tax credits to reduce your but you're in a a plan you can't get if you're in if you have access to the group plan then forget it you cannot go get those subsidies unless you're in a very specific circumstance
1: what well, what is the impact what what do you, you know there was a whole lot of talk beforehand um about uh people are going to outsource uh people are going to stop hiring people people are going to go part-time there was all this horror stories going on about what was going to happen what have you seen specifically seen a business say with more than 50 employees do they've been
0: they've been uh now at this point are now doing the group insurance and there some of them that the because th- they have to right but some of the phenomenon that we saw originally which was moving people to part-time and trying to manipulate and do those things seems to have calmed down and the stats are now that that's really not happening too much um, so they're saying if i'm over
1: 50 employees and boom i gotta go get a group policy I gotta get this thing done yeah and if i if it's costing more than eight and a half percent i'm gonna have to pony up or for it. or
0: or face risk of your employees leaving and going and trying to and doing something and really hurting you.
1: Okay. Now the, the folks that are um at fifty and under, like our our little bank is is uh twenty employees, but okay. we've got a group policy. Great. But we and we pay for the employee, but they're on their own to go cover the the wife and the children. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it? Do I have an obligation to see how that's being handled? Uh, you definitely want to
0: warn your employees that if they're going to get subsidies for their spouse and children, that they could be at huge jeopardy of having all of that charged back to them when they file their
1: taxes, because they're under a group plan. They, ha- they have access to the group plan, and um, and that group plan may be more expensive than the Affordable Care Act. A- they just need- they absolutely. just need to look at all of it. Correct. But the, the problem is, is there is people were encouraging
0: the families' dependents to go get subsidized insurance but it's called the family glitch in the law and they haven't fixed it and that is an irs rule that you can't go get subsidies if you have access to group insurance so it it has been very painful for people at tax time
1: now can i um can i reimburse part of the family coverage to the employee you Um, can
0: you can pay for it I could pay no, not I, not not on are they talking participating on your group insurance yes yes then you would then you can say I I'll pay twenty five percent of the cost of the dependents
1: coverage you can do that and help out your employees all day long you could pay for fifty percent or a hundred percent so what we could do is figure out um, how much is it cost on the exchange and if people are not using they're not getting coverage and they're at risk we could say well look we'll knock ours down to equal to what the exchange would be
0: that would be uh probably difficult exercise but in the spirit yes
1: you Well generally right generally okay Okay. Mm well um this is a brain teaser today folks um but i'm glad we're talking through it keith this is really good you're listening to on the money we're talking about health care insurance and um uh keith uh is the owner of affordable medicare solutions and he is uh runs a uh He'll, he'll find policies for people and get you covered, but what I'm hearing more and more is that Keith has really taken the time to, to get people educated, uh, both small business uh, and as well as the, uh, the individual uh, in terms of what to do. That's correct. Are, um, are companies hiring you to help the employee?
0: So if an employer does not provide insurance, and they are, they're trying to get rid of group insurance and they want us to help the employees to sign up and to find the, the, the best way, the smartest way to buy their insurance. Absolutely. We'll sit down and, and one by one for each employee and customize their situation. And oftentimes that can be much better for the employees, especially on the lower income uh, scales, because they're eligible for so much help. Um, 50% of people qualify for this help. And so
1: a lot of them just don't know how to do it. Well, now some of the, the group plans that are out there unless under for the 50 and under um, I guess they are more expensive than the Affordable Care Act it's becoming very similar very similar yeah. okay so but
0: unless you get subsidies if you're just talking buying regular, premium without any tax credits they're getting to be almost identical
1: so what you have to do is kind of look through your employee base to see if they're eligible generally eligible for subsidy if they are you want to reimburse them but if they're not you really want to get people under a group plan i would think
0: yeah my higher my higher income places you know they're generally doing group insurance for sure when you're talking people that are at the, you know, the lower income levels, $20 an hour and less, then, yep. you know, it's, it's usually better that they go get those tax credits. And it's, it's, it's better for the employer, better for the employee. A lot of them, their kids are on peach care anyway, which are, which is a state programs for the, for the kids, uh, state and federal, uh, programs for the kids. So there's, there's a lot of reasons why on the lower incomes that they have a lot more help than the higher incomes do.
1: Now, um, what, what can, what do we have to look forward to? Uh, in terms of uh, it now well oh, let me back up we'll we'll leave that question for just a minute um it's a good question what uh if i'm 48 employees mm-hmm. and i really want to hire another five people uh how do i go about doing that uh,
0: well, it's definitely going to have to factor into your budgeting. Absolutely, if you're not providing group insurance at 48, I'd be surprised. But if you weren't, and that five then brings you into requiring you to provide group insurance, that's a huge expense you're going to have to budget for. I had a gentleman with with 112 employees, and they weren't providing insurance for them, and they were all of their corporate profit was eaten up by providing insurance. Uh, well, if you're at 112, you have to provide. I know. Insurance. I mean, but it took it was 250 thousand dollars that. Of their corporate profit was what they had the year prior. They had to spend that the next year on health insurance.
1: Um, are are people going the part time route? Does that help if you go the part time route?
0: There's a calculation on there, and it's called a full full time equivalent FTE. Full, yeah. You know, so normally FTE means full time employee, but there's a thing called full time equivalent that that balances out using the part timers versus full timers that still accounts for that, so that it prevents people from beating the system. So if your full time equivalent
1: is over a certain level, then then you're going to get penalized. You're, if you you're going to get yeah. you're going to get penalized. That's built into the law. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. All right. Let's go to that next question. Um, what what do me the what do I the small business owner manager have to look forward to under all this so my my opinion and
0: what we're seeing happening is you have to understand the markets that group insurance covers 150 million people in america that's half of america Medicaid covers 20% of America, which is 60 million people, and Medicare is rapidly approaching 60 million. We're at 55 or so million right now, but Medicare will be at about 85 or 90 million when all the baby boomers come in. My point that I'm making is that half of America is covered by group insurance and half is covered by... Uh, Medicare, Medicaid, Veterans Benefits, Children's Health Insurance, all of these programs. What's stuck in the middle is, is individual health insurance. The market on that is 15 million people. And when the Congressional Budget Office did the projections under the Affordable Care Act, they said that market might go to 20 million people. Well, we were talking about 54 million people being uninsured. So what congressional, bu- congressional Budget Office said, CBO, they said was the Affordable Care Act was gonna have its major impact in the uninsured rate by expanding Medicaid. And that's what's happened. All the news you hear about the individual health market is just noise because 75% of all the policies sold on the exchanges and for these plans are previously insured people that lost their coverage due to the law. Health and Human Services has made this very clear. 75% of policies are people that were not uninsured before. They were insured. My family is a perfect example. So we've actually ended up with about
1: 2 million people that got and the, and, and those were people that were probably with a company that had less than 50 people, yeah. right? Well, a lot of them were small business owners. Yeah. I, I mean, my, myself, is,
0: I'm a good example. I had a, my own plan, and it got canceled. Then I had to go buy a new plan. Well, they counted that as a, a success that, that I went new. <laughs> yeah. I had to go buy. But then I also win. had to buy one of my daughters a plan. They counted that as a success. So there's a lot of false counting going on. And the net increase of insured people is actually between one and a half million and two million people. The ugly truth is of the people going to get new insurance That have never had it before, and a lot of them are going because it's zero premium or very low to these tax credits, are dropping off at enormous rates. Hawaii had 80% drop-off. I've had friends in this business that that targeted that group that have had 70% drop-off. Who've elected not to buy insurance. No, they bought it, and then it didn't continue with it. It was $5 a month, and they didn't pay the $5 a month. It was $20 a month, and they didn't pay it. Or they didn't file their taxes in order to keep that subsidy going, and the IRS took away the subsidy. It is a very bad problem. We're seeing huge numbers dropping off because of that. But the next year, they're going to file their tax return. They're going to end up with a big penalty. No, a lot of them— uh, are, are under the federal poverty limit are so low anyway the irs is not going to get blood from a stone they're not going to get that penalty from them anyway okay and so um it was the, the higher income people that are definitely getting that money charged back to them the people that are actually earning so
1: the people that it was designed to help it's not really helping
0: that's been the issue, except in the states that increased Medicaid. So okay. we've had we had 28 states, or close to 30 total, um, are increasing Medicaid, and that's where all the success was predicted to happen, and that's where the uninsured rate has been dropping. So the point is, is that the expansion of Medicaid is actually what the Congressional Budget Office said would work. That is what's working. The individual health market is actually not increasing by hardly at all. Maybe 10% it's increased. It's been a big wreck to it. And we expect, I expect, be a huge change to that individual health market in three or four years because we're already starting to see my personal plan went up 22%. We're seeing uh, the major plans here in Georgia are looking at 15 to 20% increases next year. Those losses that the plans had that kept them from raising their rates were protected under a special provision in the law called the risk corridor that has ended. That money ran out super fast. It was $5 billion It ran out in two years. And the Republicans are not going to fund it again, and I agree that they shouldn't. And it's going to expose that this individual health market is going to start getting very, very expensive, which means that fewer and fewer people are going to participate because they're going to say, forget it. I was $200 a month two years ago, and now I'm $400 a month. And people are going to spin out the healthy, and it's going to create what is called a death spiral. And those people are going to try to get on Medicaid, but a lot of them may not even get on Medicaid. No, a lot of people are just going to say, you know, I can't afford it, and they're just going to pay the penalty, and that's not the, the intent of the law. So what will end up happening is, is not that that market will collapse. I have a feeling in three or four years the government's going to have to convert it again they're not going to mess with group insurance anymore. They're not going to mess with Medicaid and Medicare anymore. It's just that 5% of America that's on this individual health is going to have to transform again in 3 or 4 years. So, it's going to well, be
1: it's going to be fun. <laughs> and 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 I think the only way they're going to be able to do that is probably is offer more boundaries to po- or less they're going to have to let insurers uh, provide policies that protect the needs of that individual, not a group. That is one approach,
0: and that's the ideal approach to me, the consumer driven approach, sure, right? What is more likely to happen, and this is my own personal opinion, the government has not said this yet, but the m- more likely thing is they're going to make it into something similar to Medicare where Medicare is delivered through private companies called Medicare Advantage. Medicare Advantage is privatized Medicare. It works for people age sixty five and up. Seventeen million seniors do it and, it and the companies are making good money at it. The reason that Aetna is buying Humana, the reason that Blue Cross is buying Cigna is because of their Medicare Advantage successes.
1: This sounds like this is a big a, a big win for the insurance industry more it, than It anybody. will be
0: all of this has been corporatism and it's been it has been um, it is creating guaranteed markets for them and i understand that but i have a feeling they're going to raise their hand and say we can fix this in three or four years by changing it to those type of model ideal would be a consumer-driven model such as health savings accounts and other things like that but i don't see that
1: happening well um we're at the end here and uh i i, I just feel like we've kind of just got started but (laughs) i think you hit a lot of key points and that is what happens with the business owner that's 50 employees and less and 50 to 100 and 100 and over um uh you know some you've you've got to get the group policy you got to watch people over eight and a half percent beware to the family that's going out to the exchange because if you're under a group plan you don't get the subsidy So you really need to evaluate that versus what the employer cost is. I would say to the employer, look at what you're charging for the family, and maybe there's a way you can help with that so that they don't go to the exchange. Um, uh, So there's a lot of options in here. The the biggest point is
0: you better have a professional helping you that knows what they're doing, and there's a lot of great resources, and you better – not try to handle this and guesswork because the 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 errors are very painful
1: and and yeah especially for the for the for the employee who's looking over here at the family you know what do i do and i guess the easy answer would be um well i'm just going to go to the exchange and you fill it all out you get subsidized and then what you're saying is next year Boom. Guess what? You got to pay it all back. That's been what has been happening. And unfortunately, major radio hosts
0: that are national radio hosts that are based out of Atlanta actually said that wrong two years ago and encouraged people to do
1: that. And it created a huge mess. Okay. Well, um, I just want to point out something to everybody that I've noticed. And uh, for those of, uh, who are, who are watching the video, um, Keith is an encyclopedia of this stuff, <laughs> and he was looking down at notes, but none of what he was talking about was on his note page. All of it was came, coming rambling out of his brain. So, Keith, you should be complimented for your incredible depth of knowledge of this whole complicated process that we're involved in.
0: Well, i think practice makes perfect i teach these classes and that helps me and i may have made some errors in some some phrasing so i want to make sure that anyone knows that if they think something i've said is incorrect they can contact me it's uh, my website is affordable dot com and you can just send it to keith at affordable medicare dot com um, hopefully i haven't said anything incorrect because i teach these classes and so this is every week i'm having to go over this type of information and um
1: you're just not georgia-based i mean do you offer this stuff video online everything no this is georgia-based because by it, law no oh. i have friends
0: that do multiple states and i it there's no way you can do a good job to me doing this multiple states because it is so intensive for each state because each state's exchange market each state's group market everything is is state-based uh, on this and and it's I don't see how people do multiple states to be honest.
1: Well, and <laughs> and everybody said that this was going to eliminate states' rights. It sounds like states are right back in it again. Well, It has limited,
0: <laughs> it has limited a lot of states' yeah, rights. Right, yes. it's, yeah. it's usurped a lot of states' uh,
1: rights. Well, Keith, it's been it's been very very helpful, and and I um uh it it's good to know that there's a resource out there for people because um. And I, based on our conversations that we've had, I'd highly recommend that people pick up the phone and call you so that they don't end up doing something wrong. Um, gosh, it used to be so easy. Well, if they have parents, if even if they're doing
0: their own thing and they're working somewhere and they have their business going, but they have their mom or dad, there's a lot of sandwich people that are taking care of their parents Yeah. and their kids at the same time. And, and I could take that off their back to help them with their parents for yeah. sure. Okay.
1: All right. Um, well. Keith thank you so much for um, thank you so much for being with us and uh, that concludes our show today. Um, this has been on the money and uh, we are the number one small business show on business Radio X and I think you can tell why by this last interview because we like to get into the technical and and uh, get people to get people some help not just try to sell them get people some help uh, presented by Embassy National Bank. Our Twitter is on underscore the underscore money and then the number one. And you can listen to any of our shows at onthemoney.businessradiox.com. We are uh, available free on iTunes if you want to download us. And uh, we are also now uh, on YouTube, which is actually fun. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, it's kind of hard to sit through 40 minutes of it, but... Um, I think you get a lot more flavor from watching the video and and the expressions, but uh, and the and the mic the cameras are hidden, so I, we have no idea, and it, it makes us be more natural. I like that a lot. But anyway, you can watch us on YouTube at Business Radio X Gwinnett Studio Channel. So next time, I'm Joe Moss with Embassy National Bank, and uh, boy, our mantra, "Hey, be careful out there," could not be. Any more true than it is today talking about health care. So we will see you next time. Thank you.